Section 1 of Revelations of a Wife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Mary Rohde. Revelations of a Wife by Adele Garrison. Introduction. Probably it is true that no two persons entertain precisely the same view of marriage. If any two did, and one happened to be a man and the other a woman, there would be many advantages in their exemplifying the harmony by marrying each other, unless they had already married someone else. Sour-minded critics of life have said that the only persons who are likely to understand what marriage ought to be are those who have found it to be something else. Of course, most of the foolish criticisms of marriage are made by those who would find the same fault with life itself. One man, who was asked whether life was worth living, answered that it depended on the liver. Thus it has been pointed out that marriage can be only as good as the persons who marry, this is simply to say that a partnership is only as good as the partners. Revelations of a wife is a woman's confession. Marriage is so vital a matter to a woman that when she writes about it she is always likely to be in earnest. In this instance the likelihood is borne out. Adele Garrison has listened to the whisperings of her own heart. She has done more she has caught the wireless from a man's heart and she has poured the record into this story the woman of the story is only one kind of a woman and the man is only one kind of a man but their experiences will touch the consciousness i was going to say the conscience of every man or woman who has either married or measured marriage and we've all done one or the other pierre reveal Chapter 1. I will be happy. I will. I will. Today we were married. I have said these words over and over to myself, and now I have written them, and the written characters seem as strange to me as the uttered words did. I cannot believe that I, Margaret Spencer, twenty-seven years old, I, who laughed and sneered at marriage, justifying myself by the tragedies and unhappiness of scores of my friends, I who have made for myself a place in the world's work with an assured comfortable income, have suddenly thrown all my theories to the winds, and given myself in marriage in as impetuous, unreasoning fashion as any foolish schoolgirl. I shall have to change a word in that last paragraph, I forgot that I am no longer Margaret Spencer, but Margaret Graham, Mrs. Richard Graham, or, more probably, Mrs. Dickie Graham. I don't believe anybody in the world ever called Richard anything but Dickie. On the other hand, nobody but Richard ever called me anything shorter than my own dignified name. I have been mad to him almost ever since I knew him. Dear, dear Dicky, if I talked a hundred years, I could not express the difference between us in any better fashion. He is Dicky, and I am Margaret. 
He is downstairs now in the smoking-room, impatiently humoring this lifelong habit of mine to have one hour of the day all to myself. My mother taught me this when I was a tiny girl. My thinking hour, she called it, a time when I solved my small problems or pondered my baby sins. All my life I have kept up this practice, and now I am going to devote it to another request of the little mother who went away from me forever last year. Margaret, darling, she said to me on the last day we ever talked together, sometime you are going to marry. You do not think so now, but you will. And how I wish I had time to warn you of all the hidden rocks in your course. If I only had kept a record of those days of my own unhappiness, you might learn to avoid the wretchedness that was mine. Promise me that if you marry, you will write down the problems that confront you and your solutions of them, so that when your own baby girl comes to you and grows into womanhood, she may be helped by your experience. Poor little mother! Her marriage with my father had been one of those wretched tragedies, the knowledge of which frightens so many people away from the altar. I have no memory of my father. I do not know to-day whether he be living or dead. When I was four years old, he ran away with the woman who had been my mother's most intimate friend. All my life has been warped by the knowledge. Even now, worshipping Dicky as I do, I am wondering, as I sit here, obeying my mother's last request, whether or not an experience like hers will come to me. A fine augury for our happiness when such thoughts as this can come to me on my wedding day. Dicky is an artist, with all the faults and all the lovable virtues of his kind. A week ago I was a teacher, holding one of the most desirable positions in the city schools. We met just six months ago, two of the most unsuited people who could be thrown together. And now we are married. Next week we begin housekeeping in a dear little apartment near Dickie's studio. Dickie has insisted that I give up my work, and against all my convictions I have yielded to his wishes. But on my part, I have stipulated that I must be permitted to do the housework of our nest, with the occasional help of a laundress. I will be no parasite wife who neither helps her husband in or out of the home. But the little devils must be busy laughing just now. I, who have hardly hung up my own nightgown for years, and whose knowledge of housekeeping is mightily near zero, am to try to make home happy and comfortable for an artist. Poor Dicky. I don't know what has come to me. I worship Dicky. He sweeps me off my feet with his love. His vivid personality overpowers my more commonplace self. But through all the bewildering intoxication of my engagement and marriage, a little mocking devil, a cool, cynical little devil, is constantly whispering in my ear, You fool, you fool, to imagine you can escape unhappiness. There is no such thing as a happy marriage. Dicky has just phoned up from the smoking-room to ask me if my hour isn't up. 
how his voice clears away all the miasma of my miserable thoughts please god dicky i am going to lock up all my old ideas in the most unused closet of my brain and try my best to be a good wife to you i will be happy i will i will End of chapter 1